Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. For all your news on hockey, baseball, basketball, football, soccer, and more, you've come to the right place. And now, it's time for your hosts, Nick McVicker, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji. That's right, folks. We are back. Nick McVicker joined through the Garage Door Sports Cup phone by my amazing co-host, Kyle Vardy. Kyle, how are you doing this morning, my man? Doing good. Doing good. Happy to uh, talk some sports today. Man, you got a, a new family member since the last time we talked, so that's always exciting. Uh, how's how's the puppy? He's uh, full of energy in one moment and wants to bite you and then all of a sudden wants to take a nap for six hours. So, uh you know, it's it's a work in progress. So. Yeah, sounds about right. I mean, he's a puppy, so that's to be expected. But always got to enjoy the time when they're this young, right? Because uh, it doesn't last very long. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. Um, crazy stuff going on in sports. Obviously, we're going to talk Euros. We're going to talk more MLB because after last week, more fun comments have come out. <laughs> and a uh, string of injuries. But, dude, let's start off. It's kickoff time. So let's start off with our kickoff segment. Sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. If you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. The Ferraro brothers, Daniel and Gabe, are both University of Guelph alumni. And after illustrious university careers, they want to teach you everything they've learned over the years. If you want to take your special teams game to the next level, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. Visit them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com or follow them on Instagram at CanadaKickingAcademy. And Kyle, we're going to start in the NBA, and it's been a very entertaining or very odd playoffs, depending on how you look at it. What have been your thoughts sort of through the first, well, most of the first two rounds? Because we do have two Game 7s, which we will talk about. But what have been your thoughts so far? I mean, thoughts are it's actually entertaining basketball. It's the biggest thing. And, and there's no given winner, like, other than the Suns sweeping the Nuggets. But there haven't hasn't been a guaranteed winner or anything along those lines. It's been back and forth. It's been very entertaining to watch in general. Um, biggest disappointment to me in, the, in these playoffs has been the injuries to star players. That's, I think, been the biggest disappointment. And it's been, you know, constant – LeBron made a whole big statement about it. I'm not going to go into that, but it's one of those. It's just, it, it's, I want to see the best players play. And that's the biggest thing, right? It's like missing some of these best players. It, it's frustrating. So um, I, I've loved the playoffs so far. I just kind of wish that, you know, every star player was playing all the time. So, well, of course. I mean, that, that's the ideal, right? And it's, it's been tough to see those players go down, like AD going down in the first round for the Lakers. That obviously, played a factor although to be honest phoenix has looked great like we cannot deny that fact jamal murray not even being involved in the playoffs hurt the nuggets in that second round for sure because they had no answer for chris paul um would he have played a factor had he been in he might have changed it a little bit do they win probably not in my opinion but 
he plays a factor regardless. It is disappointing, and we're seeing Brooklyn kind of fight through it right now in their series against Milwaukee. Obviously, Harden and Kyrie have both been out for a good portion of these series, and Kyrie's not even going to play in Game 7 today. It is tough. It's been really, really tough, but there's been some great performances as well from, I, I mean, I've already mentioned Chris Paul. He's looked phenomenal in this playoff run. Now he's out as well, so... We'll hope he, he'll be back for the uh, the next round. Um, Kawhi and Paul George have been doing pretty good for the Clippers, although George didn't have a great game six. The rest of the team kind of stepped up, which is what you need in the playoffs. You can't do it by yourself, as we learned from LeBron this year. He could not pull it off. Well, Terrence Mann action last night, what happened there. Yeah, it was it was impressive, though. And even in the, uh, the Philly-Atlanta game, like there was – a lot going on. A lot of players kind of stepped up. Curry stepped up uh, for sure in that game, which I don't think anyone really expected him to be the uh, the main guy. So he, he, he stepped up the entire series. To be honest, he's averaging like over twenty two points a game. So, yeah. and and it's it's the biggest thing is the loss of Danny Green in that Philadelphia 76ers lineup has kind of given him the free reign to shoot the ball. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's almost opened him up as a new player type of thing. You know, Corkmass has taken the spot of Danny Green, but Seth Curry is the one who's taken the shots that, you know, Danny Green may have been taking before. So um, combination of him and Embiid has been great. And the biggest thing for the Sixers is if they're going to win in this game seven, it's got to be Tobias Harris has got to step up. And he did last night and he, he looked good last night and the Sixers held on to win. So, um, if everybody's playing, then then the Sixers are hard to beat. But then again, same with Atlanta. Uh, John Collins and Bogdanovich were absolutely useless last night, yep. and it was pretty much Trey Young's show by himself. So uh, it, it'll be an interesting Game Seven for sure. Oh, absolutely! And we're looking at two Game Sevens in the uh, in the West or in the East. Sorry, mm-hmm. that we weren't expecting before. So now we're going to get two Game Sevens there. Whereas the West is already set. Let's let, let's move over to the West. Let's focus on the West for a little bit here, Kyle. And the question that I have for you, being a little bit more of a basketball guy than me, are the Suns legit? Because yeah. they look legit this year. It's taken a while for them to get there. Let's be honest. Devin Booker's been there for a while. They got Aiton in, and it, it still didn't really click. Now they have CP3 there, and they've kind of created this – I want to say mini big three because no one really thinks of them as a big three. Mm-hmm. But are they legit enough to win, win this whole thing this year? I know it's a weird year, but could they go all the way? For sure. And I think the biggest thing is is the Suns play a type of basketball that fits those three. And and, and I don't know if, if, if I don't know if they're really a big three because I'm still not sure about Aiden. Aiden's played well, but we'll see how he develops still. Yeah. I, I get what you were saying, but they're we'll a little see. big three because I don't think they're a big three either. And, and I, I think, honestly, the biggest thing is CP3 added to that lineup has changed the Suns' dynamic and has given them that piece that, you know, Rubio wasn't really giving them before. So, By the me, way, give credit to Rubio. He's a great passer. He just wasn't oh, what the sure. Suns needed for that role. Well, he was a great passer, but he's not CP3. That's no, God, no. Absolutely so, not. And the biggest thing for, for CP3 is he opens up Devin Booker to play more of his game and allow him to not get, you know, double teams or or isolations or whatever like that that he normally wouldn't have got before. 
So um, to me, I think they have a legitimate shot. And especially if Kawhi is out too, I think they have a good chance of just going straight through the Clippers and waiting to see who comes out of the East. Um, you know, no offense to the Clippers, but Clippers without Kawhi are, are, are not the same team. They're a different team yeah, completely. You're right. They're completely. Yeah, Terrence Mann show up last night for 39 points. McKee is not going for 39 points in any other game. It's just simple as that. You know, it, it it's it's to me the the Suns. I think are they're the the underdog favorites. I don't know how if they if, if Brooklyn gets healthy. I don't know how they compete with Brooklyn. Um, I mean, it'll be a very interesting series in that aspect. Uh, I think they match up great against Atlanta or Philly. Um, Milwaukee will be an interesting one as well. Whoever comes out of that Milwaukee-Brooklyn series will be an interesting matchup. But I do like their chances for sure. Fair. And I mean, like you look at you look at the way the Suns have been playing and you look at the stats so far in the uh, playoffs. And Devin Booker is averaging 27.9 points per game. Chris Paul's second on the team with 15.7, and then Aiton's right there at 15.2. They're getting 10-plus rebounds a game from Aiton. They're getting 8-plus assists from Paul and 4-plus from uh, Booker. Like It just looks like these three are controlling the team, and everyone else is just doing exactly what they kind of need to do, and it looks effortless. Like No offense to the Nuggets, they just... They weren't even in the same stratosphere playing the Suns in that second round. And it was kind of a, I, I know injuries, lots have played into it. Jokic still played good, but he couldn't he just couldn't get enough going for the whole team. It's it's tough to say that because I love Denver. I think they looked really good in the regular season. It, they just didn't look like the same team that they were in the regular season playing the Suns in that second round. No, and the biggest thing was the loss of Jamal Murray was and it ended up being too much. Yeah. You know, Michael Porter Jr. didn't really step up compared to the way the way people wanted him to. Uh, and Jokic, even though he won the MVP, can't do it all himself. No, he can't. So it's it's one of those it, – it, it was a struggle for the Nuggets. And I think if Jamal Murray was there, I think we're talking about a whole different series with the Suns. Um, and, and to be honest, we're talking about potentially the Nuggets – I don't know. It's just, you know, beating the Lakers in four or five rather than six games. You know, I, I think Jamal Murray makes that much of an impact um, to this Nuggets team. So, Wait, you mean it, Portland? It, it, right? Sorry. Uh, yes, that's what I meant. Sorry. Um, I was thinking Suns, Lakers. Is what I was yeah, no, so, I, was, I was confused there too, so don't worry. Yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm thinking like the Nuggets, like, yes, it was one of those, you know, does Lillard go off for the same thing he does? Probably not. But no, not if Murray's there, not a chance. He still goes off because he's Lillard, but he's not putting up 40 well, points. He's putting up closer to 30 points, and the games are not as close. Of course. So, to me, he makes a big impact for sure. And, uh, you know, it was disappointing that they didn't go further than they did, but the Suns are a legit team, and we'll see how far they can go. So, I guess the, now the question is who, who wins the West for you, Kyle? Is it the Suns or is it the Clippers? I think it's the Suns to lose, to be honest. Um, and especially if Kawhi is out with a potential ACL injury, you know, they haven't really yeah. they said knee. They haven't really said what it is. Um, I hate that, by the way. Listen, just tell us. Like, what's what's yeah. the harm? He's out. Like, it's not going to change anything. Just tell us what the injury is. Oh, exactly. It's like one of those, like, okay, we know it's an knee injury. Like, we kind of just want the information. It's not going to change how we... It's not, it's not like he's coming back. 
it's not like we we view the injury any different. It's like, okay, you know, ACL injury. Okay, cool. Now we, we just do. have a general, we have a better general idea of when he'll come back. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's the Suns to lose. So. Fair enough. Well, let's move from the West back home to our side to the East. And uh, we got two game sevens coming up. Mm-hmm. That means four teams are still in the running. Who the heck is the favorite right now in the East based on the way they've played? Because Brooklyn's hurt. There's mm-hmm. there's no denying that. Even if they get through Milwaukee, are they going to be healthy enough to play a pretty good young Atlanta team or a physical Philly team? Mm-hmm. Milwaukee is hit and miss depending on who shows up every game, in my opinion. Like if you, I mean, Giannis has played really good in the playoffs, but if he's going up against Embiid, someone else is going to have to show up. And if he's going up against the the Hawks team, who's going to play defense around the three-point line? Because Giannis can't mark everybody. Like, they need they need people to step up, so I don't know about that. And whoever comes out of that Philly-Atlanta series is going to have to play one of the two best teams in the conference. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just how it is. Who is the favorite right now? It's a good question, to be honest. Um... <laughs> I set it up perfectly. I gave you all the answers. Ask me after game seven, and I'll give you a better option. I don't know. Um, it's true. I, I think it's still Brooklyn, to be honest. Um, Brooklyn, even though uh, they are struggling with injuries, I do think that, you know, they're at home for game seven. Um, they they get a chance to, to win it, and I think they pull it out. And, and to be honest, I think if you, you give Kyrie a little bit more time to potentially get a little healthier – you have the, the big three back and, you know, Harden's not a hundred percent right now, but he's working his way back to hundred percent. That's the biggest thing. You know, he's getting healthy, but he's still playing. That's the biggest key. Um, and, and, you know, we've seen Durant do it all, but the biggest, the biggest thing for me is to get past Milwaukee, Brooklyn has to figure out who's guarding Giannis and, and, you know, Blake Griffin is not the answer. Blake you know, Griffin can be for five, maybe 10 minutes. Yeah, not not the whole time. He can't mark him the whole time. No, and, and to to me, I look like I look at a guy like Durant. Like you, you should be guarding Giannis. You have the size, you have the the, the strength. Like you should be guarding Giannis. Not like like kind of like a Kawhi thing. Kawhi is a much better defender. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, of but like very very similar situation when you know Milwaukee was up on on the Raptors and. Kawhi's like, all right, I got this guy. And then shut him down. Like, it's one of those, make him shoot jump shots. Don't let him get those layups or dunks. Make him shoot jump shots. He's terrible. Can, he we, also, can we also flip that script, though, and say that Giannis, who is supposedly the best defender on his own team, should be on Durant? Should be. But Durant will put him into a spin cycle. That's the biggest thing. I don't Durant, care. If, you're the best def- if you claim to be the best defender on your team, you need to be guarding the best offensive player closest to your position size because i'm not going to say a center needs to be marking a point guard that's just stupid no but it but it's simple as that it's like you're like they should be a one-on-one matchup and we should be seeing who the better player is right now and it just doesn't seem to be happening that way which is is scared Giannis is scared to defend durant by the looks of it yeah i mean he doesn't want to get exposed it's probably the biggest thing fair (laughs) (laughs) um but, you know, going back to, to the favorite in, in the East, I think it is Brooklyn. Um, I think they do sneak past Milwaukee. I think it's a very close game, but I do think they sneak past Milwaukee. Um, 
in the Atlanta Philly series, God, that's a toss-up, honestly. Um, it's one of those. It it depends who shows up. Like I, I can't even I can't even guess right now because I don't know who's going to show up on an eager night, which is sad to say. Yeah. But I don't know who's going to show up on an eager night. You know, Trey Young has been outstanding, and I think he deserves a lot of respect and credit for what he's done. Literally shot the but, lights out last night. Oh, 100 percent. And <laughs> and it's one of those. He he deserves a lot of credit for taking this Atlanta team, which the Atlanta team probably shouldn't be in the position they are. With yes, they have young pieces and stuff like that, but I don't think they're built for a championship yet. Um, I think that they're missing a few pieces. But to me, it's one of those. If they show up, Bogdanovich starts hitting those threes like he has been all series. John Collins, you know, chips in with with ten to fifteen points, then. They have, they have an easy chance of beating the Sixers because the Sixers are literally down to two and a half scores, basically. So, um, I, I don't I don't know. But whoever comes out of that series is going to be in tough against Milwaukee or Brooklyn. So, I, I would say whoever wins the Milwaukee-Brooklyn game is the favorite out of these. Fair enough. I, I think I agree with you. I think the Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks are the better teams right now. I've never trusted the Sixers. I think they have some very good pieces. Don't get me wrong. I think Joel Embiid is an absolute monster when he wants to play. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing for me is that they have really good pieces when they want to play. Yep. So, it, I mean, granted, you could say that about Brooklyn, though, too. Like, when Kyrie wants to play, Kyrie's one of the best players in the league. When Durant wants to play, he's one of the best players in the league. But when they decide that they don't really want to play, they are... They're fine, but they're just yeah. eh. I just I think those two teams are better though than the Philadelphia 76ers and the Atlanta Hawks. Like I think it's that simple. And we're gonna see who comes out of these game sevens because we still don't even know who's playing in the Eastern Conference final as opposed yeah. to the West. So it will be interesting. And who knows? Maybe injuries do play a factor. Maybe the Nets get through, but Kyrie can't play the entire series and then Harden misses most of the series too because he just can't get healthy. And it's all on Durant. How does that play a factor? We don't know yet. We're going to have to see. But let's get through game sevens tonight and tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. And maybe you and me can jump on early next week and have a little conversation about the, the East and try to figure out what's going to happen. But we'll see. We're, I'm not guaranteeing that, folks. Have a better idea. Well, we'll sure. have a much better idea because we'll see who's actually playing and who's, you know, healthy. Um, yeah. That'll do it for our kickoff segment. Sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. If you're looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. Visit them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com or follow them on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy. We're going to take a quick break, Kyle, and we will be right back after this. Hey, guys. It's producer Jake here from Benning House, the Garage Door Sports Network's ultimate degenerate gambling podcast. Catch our episodes weekly on Apple, Spotify, and Google as we bring you banter, laughter, and of course, picks for all sorts of games throughout the week. Give us a follow on our socials at BettingHousePod, where you can catch all our bets each week, as well as some bonus content. Remember to always gamble responsibly. Let's get rich. We are back, Kyle, and... um... Let's get right into it. Uh, it is Euros going on, obviously. And before we get into the Euro update, we have to talk about something that happened this week. 
And actually, mm-hmm. it happened last Saturday after our show, so we definitely didn't get a chance to talk to about it. Now we need to talk about it. The mm-hmm. Christian Erickson thing was one of the most terrifying things that I've seen happen. And I know you weren't, you didn't necessarily see it live, but you kind of saw everything yeah. happening uh, on yeah. social media and stuff. Um, what was your initial thoughts of what was going on? Well, when I get that, you know, the, the banner come across my phone saying uh, Christian Erickson has had a heart attack on the field. It's one of those, um, sorry, what? And I, I think the initial thing was what the hell happened? And um, like, I get what happened, but how did this happen? Yeah. I guess the initial shock, I guess, is really what it was. Um, but, you know, after, after, after watching everything and, and seeing how people reacted, you know, my hats go off to, you know, the players and the staff, the medical staff, everybody basically who like acted so quickly and basically potentially saved this, this guy's life. Like it's one of those, like they, they did everything that you were supposed to, they did it to a T, you know, and, and you know, my hats go off to them and, and I'm glad he got released from hospital. I'm glad he's doing a lot better than he was. Um, so it was a scary incident for sure. Oh, hundred percent. And I, like, I was watching and I'm like, I managed to turn it on just after he went down. And it was because I was talking with Irfan after the show, we got going. And then as soon as I turned it on, like I'm talking, I, I saw him laying there with no one around him. That's how fast I, that's how close I had to him actually going down. And you look at it and you're just like, what happened? Cause he made the run into the box. He was fine. And then the ball goes out for the throw and he does the loop to go to the sidelines to get the ball thrown to him. The ball's thrown to him. And as mm-hmm. it's thrown to him, he starts going over and it hits him in the leg and he's down. Yep. And we have to give full credit to the Danish captain, Simon. I'm going to yep. mess up his name, but I believe it's Kyer. K J A E R. Yep for his response this is a guy who's playing center back he sprinted over and he checked to make sure that erickson wasn't choking on his own tongue put him in the recovery position and then realized he wasn't breathing flipped him over and started cpr himself before the medical team got there that is awareness at a whole nother level for most soccer players most guys would not even think about doing that he didn't think twice. And then afterwards, when they brought Erickson's, I believe it's his wife, but don't get me wrong, significant other down to the field, just in case they're not married. His partner, yes. His partner. She was in, like, just shock in tears. And they just had some Danish member of the staff kind of just standing with her because she couldn't go over, obviously, which... I'm glad they didn't let her go over there because that would have been just even more terrifying for her. But Kajer, or Kyer actually ran across the field to her as soon as he saw her and mm. just was hugging her and be like, don't worry, we got this. He's fine. We're gonna, Everyone's going to take care of him, right? Like he did what a true leader does and tried to make sure everything was okay, which is incredible. And I need to make sure that everyone understands how important this guy was to saving Christian Erickson there. Yeah. Because who knows how 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 much that CPR that he started affected the result of him coming out of it. Right. We don't know, but it's huge. I was in shock. I started texting everybody. 
I, yeah. I called Irfan right back. Like me and him got off, got off our zoom call from the, from the show after talking yeah. for 20, 30 minutes after you left. Mm-hmm. And I was off for like two minutes and I called him. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Pardon my language folks. But like, I was, I was in shock. Yeah. It's terrifying to see that. Well, and give full, and, full credit to the medical staffs, but it's terrifying. And, and honestly, I am extremely, and I said this to TJ when we were in the car, I'm extremely disappointed in the, the TV production. See, um, okay. The, but the fact that they didn't say anything for 15 minutes, just had the camera, didn't say a word. That, that to me, go to commercial, do something, play highlights. Don't focus on the injury. I get you want to know if he's okay. I understand that. But at the same point, you can't show a guy. You're like, yes, the players had the t-shirts or towels or whatever it was. Right. You, you can't just have that with no commentary. There was nobody said a word. So, I was watching the TSN feed, obviously because yeah. we're up in Canada. I heard a lot of crap being said about the ESPN feed because they kept mm-hmm. trying to show Erickson himself. Yeah. I didn't see that on the TSN feed. Now, maybe I was I was calling people. I was talking to people. So I wasn't, I guess, fully paying attention. So maybe. And I'm not going to give them full credit because. Yeah. But I didn't see them try to show Erickson himself. They showed quickly the players lined up with the, with the towel kind of up behind them just so you could see that they were trying to protect their player. And then yeah. it was more just facial reactions. Like they were just showing people reacting to what was happening. Because the thing is, as a broadcast team, you're not supposed when there's an injury like that, you're not supposed to cut to commercial because people need to know that A, he's getting off the field, or B, what's going on. Like it's supposed to be that way. So they tell you not to cut to commercial. So I understand from a broadcast side, because I've been yeah. in broadcast, right? I understand yeah. that they couldn't cut to commercial because it goes against what the precedent is that has been set prior. I think it's wrong. I agree with you. They should go to commercial. Yeah. But I understand. So I can't blame them for not going to commercial. And I think the TSN commentators did a great job of saying, you know what? We talked for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes maybe. They were talking for the first 10, 15 minutes while the expressions were going on. And they were trying to get news. And you could tell that someone was down on the pitch trying to feed them information about what was going on. But then they said, listen, we, we can't say anything else. You can see it. We have nothing else that we can add to this. So we are going to breathe and try to come up with, try to find more information for you. And that's what they did. And I think that was a good way to do it. I understand what you're saying, though. If if the broadcast had just stopped talking right then when it happened, yeah. it would have been a different opinion in my in my head. I think the TSN guys, the commentators at least, did a good job of trying to talk people through the first initial thing and tell people like, yes, they started CPR, but they've done a good job. It looks like he's his eyes have opened sort of thing. Like they were trying, but at some point you have to stop talking because there's nothing left for you to say. It, it, to me, if that's the case, then, you know, especially TSN, go back to the panel inside. I agree. I agree. Like, like, like it's like that type of thing. And then if he, once they start moving him off the field, immediately you can switch back. You have like that You're because you're recording the entire time. It's not as if as soon as you switch, the feed is immediately gone. You, you lose well, it. What they, sh- what they should have done, back. in my opinion, right? If, if yeah. you need to get out of that, you cut to the panel, right? 100%. But they have those screens on in the background, right? Let's be honest. Yeah. Put it put it on the screen while the panel's talking. 
Sure. But right? but at least have something that's distracting people. Yeah. Yes, they want to know updates. But the biggest thing is when I tur- like, cause I turned it on and it was dead silence. All I could hear was yeah. the crowd yeah. and all it's just a guy across the field with, with players holding up towels. And it's one of those like, I don't want to see this. Like, no, I, I, like I, I want to know if he's okay, of course. And if he's, they start carrying off on a stretcher, immediately you can switch back, no problem. But until then, like, I don't want to see. I, I agree. I, I agree. And I'm not, I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying it from a broadcast thing. They are told not to. So that's why I can't blame them for not cutting away because they were told not to cut away. Yeah, of course. Right? So I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt on that one. Should that change? Absolutely. There's no way you should be on that kind of feed for that long with no change and no updates. If they were giving yeah. updates the whole time and we're getting positive or negative, fine. Like, whatever. Stay on it. But you can't be sitting there for that long with very little updates. I agree with you, Kyle. 100%. Yeah. So we're on the same page. Um, now the, the next question obviously has to be asked, and this is one that UEFA doesn't want to have to ask, have asked, should that game have even been played afterwards? No. Like, I know they went, I know they went to the players and everything, but after hearing everything that's been coming out after the players said, the players were apparently being told that they were going to forfeit the game if they didn't play. Yeah. And, and. So they me, didn't go to the players. No, like t- to me, it's one of those like, oh well, yeah, do you want to forfeit the game or do you want to you know, play it, play it now? It's like either way, they're going to lose the game. There was no chance. Like, yes, they missed a penalty, tie the game, but also it's probably like a lot of crap on their mind. Yeah, they were, they were thinking like, about that penalty. They didn't care about that no. penalty. Let's be honest. To be honest, they don't. They didn't give a shit about that game. To be honest, no, it was one of those. Honestly, neither did Finland. By the looks of it. Yeah. Like they didn't, no one really wanted to play that game. First off, I'll, I'll give all credit to Finland. Finland has looked good this, this, they have tournament. absolutely, absolutely. But they just like but, no one wanted to play that game after that incident. No. And and to me, it's one of those ones where it's you can fit in half a game the next day. Don't worry, I'm pretty sure you can figure it out, right? Yeah, it because it, it, it was literally at halftime, you literally there's, have to play yeah, one four minutes left. Yeah, right? It was one of those. Like I, I get the situation, but it's one of those you, you, you can't play that game. And, and you know, playing it the next day is that going to make a big difference? Not going to make a huge difference, to be honest. At least they would know he's stable. That's the biggest thing, right? Yeah. But it's one of those. And and I said when like I said it was postponed or, or you know delayed or whatever. Actually, I think they said it was postponed originally. It was suspended um, technically. So, but it was one of those, like, as soon as that, well, it came through on the score as postponed. So I'm like, all right, perfect. Like, sure. okay, play that, to, play that the next day. We're good. Let them at least kind of get their thoughts under them and, and a day to kind of process everything that's going on, which to me, like, as I said, would it have made a huge difference? Maybe, maybe not. But it's just, it's one of those, like, it's just like sportsmanship. It's one of those, okay, you just lost like arguably one of your better players as well. Not, not arguably Uh, he's their best player. Okay. So, and plus (laughs) no offense, he's their best player. And it's not as if he blew out a knee. Like if you blew his knee, different story, play on whatever. He had a heart attack. (laughs) You had a cardiac arrest episode. Like, come on. They had, they had to resuscitate him on the field. Like, I'm sorry. As soon as resuscitate came into the conversation, that game should have been called. 
I played a game when we were younger, and I th- I've told you this story before, where a guy snapped both of his legs yeah. in a challenge against Kieran. Mm-hmm. We had to stop playing because kids were crying on the field. The game was suspended. We played it, I think, two weeks later because we could we physically couldn't play. No. <laughs> this guy had to be resuscitated. And you're playing a game five minutes later. like. And it's one of those, like... I know when, it wasn't when, five minutes. Let me correct that. But. No, but it was 35 minutes or something like that. It wasn't even that, that long Less of a... Less than an hour. It wasn't even that long of a break. And it was all of a sudden, it was like... I, I saw and it was a 2-1 final for Finland. I'm like, wait, one no, what? 1-0. One 1-0. No, one no. Was it? Oh, there was... 1-0. No. Oh, 1-0. No, whatever. Um, and I, I, I saw that. I'm like, wait, I thought they said they postponed the game. What the hell? Like... I, I didn't. I, I didn't get an update saying, "Hey, they started the game again" or anything like that. Yeah, it, it was. It wasn't. Those, re- it wasn't really well communicated on the apps. I will admit that. No, it was one of those. Just like all of a sudden, I look like forty-five minutes later, and all of a sudden, it's like, "Oh, game's over." Like what? Yeah. Like I, I didn't realize they were playing. It was just. I think they handled it poorly. Um, I'm, I'm glad that they, on you know, broadcast after that, they gave updates on him. I, 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 I do like that aspect of it, but you can play that the next day. Just, like, figure it out. Yeah, and even even the other two teams in the group, Belgium and Russia, who weren't even directly involved in the game, said, listen, like, our players aren't even 100% sure they want to play this game after watching that. Like, that, that tells you a lot. These guys are not even in the same country, not even playing in the game, and they're not even sure they want to go back. How... Like, give full credit to Denmark and, and the Finland players for finishing the game because sure. that would have been the hardest thing. And even more credit to Finland because they knew how big this was. When the Denmark players came out from the stoppage, I guess, yep. they gave them a guard of honor, basically. Yep. Not an official guard of honor, but they gave them a guard of honor, like clapping them onto the field because they knew that that was one of the hardest things that those players would ever have to do. Oh, in, in a soccer match. For sure. Let's let's turn the tables and let's talk a little bit more happy about the Euros now because that mm-hmm. was that was a very tough thing to watch, but there's been some great soccer and there's been some great matches. Um Kyle, where do you want to start? Let's do our Euro update. Where would you like to start, my friend? Uh, well, we already kind of talked about Finland, so I'm not gonna go too much more into them. Okay. Um they actually they actually have a good chance at potentially, you know. We'll see what they can do against Belgium, but yeah, they might go Denmark, through as a number three though. Still, that's what I'm saying. But even even then, like that Denmark Russia game could be could be huge potentially in that. Yeah. Um, I want to talk. Let's talk about Group D. To be honest, Group D, the group of uh, what happened? <laughs> the, the group of disappointment from England's perspective. I think group of um, disappointment from the top two teams that we thought were going to be the top two teams. Croatia yeah, like, looked awful. They look terrible, and, and Irfan, Irfan said it too. And, and all, all credit to Irfan, they look old. They look like they 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 are trying to play the game that they played four to eight years ago, yeah. but they don't have players to play four to eight years ago. Like, let's be honest, though, Kyle. Like, you and me both looked at the roster and we said this Croatia team isn't what they used to be, but they should still be the second best team in this division. Hundred Yeah, they aren't. No, they're not even close. I think Scotland's better than Croatia right now. Well, there's a there's a chance that potentially Scotland, like Scotland, could go through. 
<laughs> if they beat Croatia in the next game, they're through. But yeah, like there's potentially there, there could be two teams with four points in this in this group. Because it could be two I, with know, five and one with four. Yeah, like Czech Republic, England. We'll we'll see what happens with that. First off, England's got to score. Harry Kane looked god awful in the first two games. Um, um, I'll debate that. I actually think Harry Kane played a very good first game against Croatia. But oh, sure. he, okay. he was, I would say that he was the target man for the Croatian defense, which was what they needed England. I'm not saying that the rest of the team looked great. I yeah. think Sterling was. Sterling looked good and okay. Sterling looked good in stretches, but then there were some stretches where I'm like, uh, like you got to get, you got to get well, in more there, buddy. But still, regardless, anyway. And then you look at the game against Scotland and all of a sudden Sterling looked great and Harry Kane looks. Fair. Yeah. So, but hey, you know, shout out to Billy Gilmore, Chelsea boy. He looked fantastic in that England. And shout out to the United center defensive mid who was pushed to center back. (laughs) (laughs) What? So, I mean, this this whole group, we said it was England's to lose. And right now, you know. They're losing it. Barring something miraculous in that that last game against the Czech Republic, they potentially are going to lose it. Like, they should, they, they will go on with four points. There's no question about that. But. Um, it's, it's, it's an interesting, interesting group so far. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely. And, um, there's a couple groups that I, I think we have to quickly talk about. Group D is a good one. What about, I want to talk about the Italians who look like world beaters right now. I know they're not in the toughest of groups, but they scored three goals against the Swiss. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the last time I saw a team score three goals against the Swiss. Not saying the Swiss score goals, but they don't give up goals either. Italy's firing on all cylinders right now, and like, and and honestly, their midfield looks fantastic. Like, it's it's amazing how it it starts with Donnarumma in the back, and, and he's looked he hasn't really been tested a whole lot. To he be honest, he doesn't have to be right now. He hasn't had to be. And it's 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 amazing that the Italian attack is is dangerous. I didn't I didn't think that they would be, but they like are. I knew Immobile would be good, but they don't have anyone else around him that really was like, okay, yeah, you got to watch out for him. Immobile is no. a good striker. He's an underrated striker, in my opinion. Now he's getting a little bit of credit because he can he's showing on the bigger stage, but he's a good exactly. striker. I still didn't think that they were going to put up six goals in their first two matches. Not a chance. I mean, the other thing is, is Turkey's kind of Turkey has been a disappointment. That's the biggest thing. Um, and yeah. you know, the, the opening game against Italy for Turkey, I don't even know that team was not deserving of a Euro spot in general, let alone being in that game. <laughs> I mean, that is a tough first match. It's the first game back oh, in sure. the Euros at home. Italy's at home in front of fans. That's a tough first match for Turkey. Sure, but the biggest thing everybody was praising Turkey. Oh my God, they score goals. They 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 came into this Euro. They win three two games. They 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 have stifling defense and all that kind of stuff. And now it's like, well, they've given up five goals in two yeah. games. Yep. And it's one of those like it's one of those like okay, what are we talking about? This is not the same Turkey team that did all the qualifying. Like, so I mean, and and the other thing is. Credit credit to Wales in that group. We we were counting them out. We I called them. them. I said I liked Wales. I said I liked Wales. I wanted them to finish second. I had them possibly finishing second, but I thought more realistically third. I'm very yeah. proud of how they've played their first two matches. Gareth Bale looks rejuvenated, to be honest. And it's he, he's he's been 
you know, him along with Ramsey have been a dynamic duo. Like it's, Back to it's the Ray kinda, Alden days, right? Yeah. And it's, it's kind of crazy that, you know, that Italy Wales like I was saying the Switzerland Italy game was going to be good. That Italy Wales game is going to be good to see who goes <laughs> the on. Best like, one in the division, which is sad. And, and it's scary to say that, but like Wales definitely has a shot to win for sure. If, if Wales can open up that Italian defense, which really hasn't been tested so far, it, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. So, uh, Group B as well. Belgium looks Belgium looks great after they go behind. Yep. <laughs> yep. They're the comeback kids, but that, that group was always going to be Belgium's. Group C has been entertaining, I think. A, a lot of storylines that we can talk about in Group C, including the Arnautovic thing, which was... Cool. Wow, that's the guy who scored the goal in their first match and then wow. started throwing racist comments yeah. at the North Macedonians. Um, by the way, I I know I'm giving a lot of credit to a lot of people. David Alaba deserves some credit. Did you see what he did on the on the reaction? He ran all the way up the field because I guess he heard what he was saying. Grabbed the guy by the jaw and basically said, "Shut up" to him, probably in a lot meaner words, but he said it, shut it, up yeah. to the guy and the guy looked like he was in shock by that. Got oh, a one game suspension, has already served it. Yep. Um but Netherlands have looked pretty good in this group, other cool. than yeah. I mean defensively a little shaky, but offensively they look they look pretty good. Well and the other thing was it was another Netherlands team we were worried about injuries. But True. they're getting healthy now and, and they're and they're all they're basically back to essentially their full lineup. Right. Um so, so the biggest thing is, is they're healthy and they got through that first game without a full lineup. Right. That was the biggest key. The biggest key to us was that first game. How does Netherlands face the Ukraine, who we said was arguably their biggest competition in this group? Um, how do they face them without the full lineup? And, you know, they, they, <laughs> they screwed over Cohen in a bet. Well, I can talk about that after. Um, <laughs> but, uh, they, they snuck out that win and it was huge for them. And, and, and to me, they're rounding in the forum. Now they got a, a game again, North, North, uh, North Macedonia left, I think, cause they already beat Aust- uh, Ukraine and Austria. Yep. So um, they should go through with nine points. I think I don't see North Macedonia putting up a who whole would, lot of, who would have predicted that right? at the beginning of the Euros that they would go through on nine. Yeah. That's uh, it's crazy, but like, honestly, they, they look, I don't. I don't know if they're really a threat to win it all, but they look like a threat for sure. So, if they can keep attacking like they have, they're a threat. Mm-hmm. Until yep. someone can stop them, they have to still be considered a threat. Um, two more groups quickly sure. that we haven't talked about, so we might as well quickly touch on them. Uh, group E, the group of S is shaping up to be the three teams with S uh, at the top of the group, and Poland, who I thought was going to look a little bit better, they've looked anemic. And yep. Lewandowski has a not been getting a whole lot of service from his team, and b getting just absolutely shut down by every team that they've played. Like they've played Slovakia, uh, yeah, Slovakia, and I know they play Spain today. Um, so they've mm-hmm. only played one match. So I shouldn't say that. He, but he looked, he looked invisible in that game against Slovakia. I mean, to be honest, Slovakia has looked good. Like it's simple as that. And Sweden. It's, uh... Like Slovakia in in the first half of that Sweden game, arguably should have been up. Oh yeah, hundred percent. 
they, they they dominated that first that first part, and then Sweden gets the penalty in the second half, so and then goes up one nothing. And and you know I think Slovakia probably deserved at least a draw on that one. Um, I think the way they played, they played well enough to get the draw. Obviously, it didn't happen, but they look threatening. And, and it's one of those we were. I, I personally, I wrote off Slovakia before it even started. Yep. You know, I, I I said that they were they were in and. You know, I'm not going to do a whole lot, and I, I honestly thought Poland was was going to do better. And, and as you said, Lewandowski hasn't had the ball. <laughs> like he's looking he invisible, though. That's the problem. Yeah. Like I, I get that he hasn't been getting great service, but you but, still but he, need to be involved in the play somehow. Like even even if you're pulling players out, he's just not moving. Hundred percent, and it's one of those. You know, maybe it's age crashing up to him, or whatever. Maybe it's just. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what it is, uh, quite what it is. Like maybe the, he just doesn't have that secondary player that he can really feed the ball to, right? right. Like, I, 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 that's because he's the focal point, and you know, very much like Harry Kane with with England type of thing. You know, what, what Croatia did was they focused on him. They said, "Hey, somebody else beat us," right? And, and for the, for Poland, who's going to be that second guy? That's I don't know. Um, so you know, they've been a, definitely a disappointment, but. Sweden has looked good. They've been solid defensively. Yeah, I'm not going to say um, they look great, but they look good. They've only scored well, one goal, and they haven't given any up in two games. Well, and that's the thing. Is they, 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 uh, they boarded their house up against Spain. That's a great way of putting it. <laughs> and, um, I mean, beat Slovakia on, on the penalty, and they've scored one goal so far, but they're, oh, on a penalty. they're, through, they're through with four points. It's, it's they're not even that. through. They're not technically through yet. But they will. It, they will most they, likely be through, yes. But they're not technically even, through. Even if, they, even if they lose, they still should go through as a third seed with four points. They, they should. I'm not denying that fact. I'm just saying yeah. it's not confirmed yet. No. It's te- technically not confirmed. You're right. So, no, but it's, it's going to be interesting. Days. And then, obviously, Group F, which is playing right now their second matches. Um well, I mean, one of the second matches is playing as we speak, so we won't even we won't really get into the second match. But uh, France and Portugal pick up wins in their first match. Hungary, Germany don't. Um, I mean, Portugal handed Hungary a loss. Yep. Germany really didn't look that bad against France. France looked like they didn't jump into gear at all, though. No, and, and to be honest, France is is they're well right now. They're struggling through this Hungary game. They they luckily tied it up, but um, I mean, they've looked they've looked threatening more in the first twenty five minutes of this Hungary game than they basically did all throughout the Germany game. That's basically. exactly it. That's exactly um, it. you know, did France win? Yes, sure, they won, but at the same point. Germany had majority of the possession, arguably had some very good chances as well, and and potentially should have scored. But um, I don't know. This this France team is interesting right now. They were they were my favorite to win it all, but until they truly show up and actually like do something, it'll be I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see when the knockout stage happens, and maybe they can round into form. But yeah, I mean Por- Portugal. Yes, they won three nothing, but they don't scare me. Is that weird that, to say for a team yeah. that won their first game three 0 Like they just don't scare me. But they they and they scored three in the last ten minutes. Like up until then, they had nothing. Like Hungary was playing great defense. Don't get me that. Don't get me wrong. 
But even then, they only had, like, they had 11 total shots. I'm pretty sure France had 11 shots in the first 20 minutes of this game. Yeah. Like, it's one of those, to me, I, I think Germany is the second best team in this in this group, and they don't have a win yet. So, it's... It, I mean, I don't, only played well, one I, game, so we'll see what we'll see no, after sure. today, right? But maybe, we'll, we'll see what's proven wrong. Yeah, the Portugal Germany the matchup today, and I think that will be a great game. Um, I mean, I think both teams will probably score in that game, and I think it ends up being a two-one game type of thing. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. How I, about how about this crazy numbers that we could put together here? If this Hungary France game stays a draw. Right, and Germany beats Portugal. Yep. Next, the next matchup is France versus Portugal and Hungary versus Germany. There's a chance, mathematically, that Hungary finished second in the group. Exactly, if yeah. they beat Germany and France beats Portugal in the next match day. Yeah. That's crazy to think. That is crazy. I mean- it's, it's also not crazy. out of the realm of possibility the way everyone, all four teams have been playing. No, and it's it's also crazy that there's potentially that you know Portugal gets knocked out with only three points. Yeah, right. Yeah, because our, like like France right now will have four. They should they 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 should go through pretty much no matter what with four points. Yeah. Um, at least as the three seed, barring whatever happens, if Germany beats Portugal today. And then France, Portugal. If Portugal loses to France, they are not going through with three points as a th- as a third seed. No, well they they might because they got three goals, so their goal differential might get them through. But that's very unlikely. They might, but then at the same point, like if Croatia or Scotland, whoever wins out of that game, has four points, will end up in third. Right? Um, Ukraine, Austria, potentially one of them could get four points. Uh, Russia, Finland, I, th- I think there's a chance Finland, you know, potentially if they end up drawing Belgium, you know, it'd be, it, yes, it would be way out there. But but Belgium doesn't need to win, so they might they might not play a, a tough game, right? Yeah, 100%. So it's going to be one of those we'll, – we'll see because th- this could be a very uh, – And the Swiss-Turkey Swiss because Switzerland plays Turkey. If they beat Turkey, it's yep. four points right there. Four points, and and it's with what four top four? Yeah, top four, number threes go through. And so right there, there's there's already four teams with that could have potentially yeah, four just, points. It is possible, hundred percent, it's possible. Oh, absolutely, and it'll be it'll be very interesting, that's for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, the biggest thing comes down to who actually wins that Portugal Germany game tonight. Absolutely, say. absolutely. Um, I think we did a pretty good job wrapping that up. So uh, we're going to take another quick break here. On the flip side, we'll talk a little bit about the MLBs. uh, I guess the best way to describe it is their sticky situation with all the pitchers that they're dealing with. Um, But that'll be after this break. Hey, everyone. This is Irfan Manju from Touchline Thoughts. We are an all-soccer podcast hosted by yours truly with guests every episode. We provide news, analysis, and opinions every episode as well. Touchline Thoughts is powered by the Garage Door Sports Network, and you can listen to us on your favorite podcatcher. Cheers. All right, Kyle, one more block here. Let's get through this. And, um, man, after last week, I didn't think we were going to talk about MLB Foreign Substances again for a while. Figured we'd give it a month or so and then re-look at it. No, 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 we're back because... 
Tyler Glasnow decided he needed to go after the MLB. Mm -hmm. And whether he's right or wrong, we will talk about that. But the comments are pretty damning, if you ask me. Uh, I 100% believe that contributed to me getting hurt, him talking about them cutting off the foreign substances. I want to read a comment that like a little bit better here because that was not a great one. But he, he said in his little press conference on Tuesday, I woke up the next day and it was like I'm sore in places that I didn't even know I had muscles in. I felt completely different. I switched my fastball grip and my curveball grip. I've thrown it the same way for however many years I've played baseball. And I just threw 80-something innings, and then you just told me I can't use anything in the middle of the year, and I have to change everything I've been doing the entire season. Everything out the window, I had to start doing something completely new. I get that he's right technically, that it would change his grip and it might cause him to strain muscles that he wasn't straining before to do the same sort of thing. But he's wrong in making these comments, right? Oh, 100%. He's a moron. The comments themselves necessarily aren't wrong, but for making the comments. Well, to be honest, the comments themselves, he, he, he full on admitted he's yeah, been using sunscreen. he outed himself. Like he, he's been using, yeah, I've been using sunscreen to get a better grip on my ball. Well, and sunscreen and rosin. Yeah. But it's one of those, okay, that fine, whatever. I, I, I understand that. But that's the whole reason why you've been better at pitching is because you're using this stuff as an advantage. And it's one of those, the, yes, I get the MLB hasn't cracked down on this whole using other stuff, really, unless it's oblivious like Michael Pineda, where it's literally a giant brown spot on his hat. Like, Yeah, but then on. they went after the St. Louis rookie pitcher who wasn't even using anything. I think he had water or something on his hat. He wasn't even then, reaching for it. But, but then didn't do it. Just confiscated it and said, hey, yeah, you can still pitch. Yeah, because he wasn't using it. No, I know, but it's just one of those, like, like I don't, I, I, I get pitchers want to use everything to their advantage. I understand that. And and honestly, if you haven't watched the Tra- Trevor Bauer video explaining all this, go watch it. Definitely worth a, a view for sure. Um, he kind of breaks down that, you know, rosin and sweat and depending on how people sweat you can literally stick the ball just by sticking like this with rosin right. and sweat but that's a problem those, well sure but you, you you're not going to take rosin away from a pitcher it's simple as that because if you take rosin away from right. a pitcher okay i get, then what, you, all no, sudden, I get what you're saying I get what you're saying. right all of a sudden pitchers are now throwing the ball over guys heads because it slips out of the hand with sweat especially if you're playing in like like tampa or houston or something like that where it's 150 degrees right okay and, and you know that kind of stuff, like like to me, rosin, rosin and sweat, I get it. But if you're using the spider tack or you're using, you know, sunscreen to me shouldn't be used. Like you have rosin and you have sweat. Leave it at that. Pitchers have been using that for hundreds of years. That's fine. But now all of that's a sudden, that's in the rules, stuff, 100%. But now the other stuff is now new stuff's coming out and and trying out different things and whatever. And all of a sudden, pitchers are now throwing no hitters and they're, they're getting you know, an extra three inches of drop on their fast on, on their breaking balls and getting more spin on their fastballs and then so on and so forth. It's one of those enough, like just figure re, just learn how to throw this period, enough period, just learn how to throw again. Like, sorry, like glass. Now I get it. Sorry. You're injured. Shut up. Yeah. No. And I think the thing that caught me off guard is that he's been saying, Oh, well, like, it's been happening for years. Like, go back the last 50 years, all the best pitchers have been doing it. 
By the way, I don't know if you saw Pedro Martinez's comments about people rubbing rubbing his balls. One uh, of one of the funniest things I think I've seen on live television. He was on the MLB Network. I'll have to send it to you after. But he basically said if he didn't like the way you rubbed up the baseballs before a game, he'd throw you out and get someone else to rub up the baseballs the right way. But he didn't say baseballs. He just basically said if he didn't like the way that you rubbed his balls, he would <laughs> throw you out and get someone else to come rub his balls. Wow, that's a little. Uh... Like, yeah, you got to specify there, Pedro. <laughs> yeah, okay, I, yeah. Everyone understood what he was saying because they were talking about it specifically, but it was just funny. Um, yeah. But yeah, I get that it's been happening for fifty years, but it's still against the rules. Like even if it's like when I'm trying to think of a great example of this, but it's pretty much like when Lance Armstrong was doping. Like, yes, other people were doping, but it still yeah. makes it against the rules. Sure. Barry Bonds used steroids. Yes, other players were using steroids. But it's still against the rules. It doesn't make it right. Like, if you get caught, which now all these pitchers are technically being caught because you can see, we talked about it last week with the Bauer units, right? Well, yeah, all their Bauer units are going down because they're not they're not getting the spin rate on it because they're not supposed to have that kind of spin rate naturally. I get what you're saying about the rosin that it needs to be allowed because it's in the rule book. You're allowed to have that. My question on sunscreen is for a pasty kid like myself, who looks kind of tan right now on the screen. I don't know why. This isn't normal people. I I don't know what's going on. But a pasty kid like me, like I would have to put sunscreen on before the game. Like you and me played together. How many times did I apply sunscreen during a game? Two? But it can't be on the palm. Yeah. And and that's the thing is I I, I get, yes, you have to do sunscreen or whatever like that. But – you're also not leaving a coat of white sunscreen on here that you can then go and grab it afterwards. Yeah. Like I used to, it, I used to wash off my hands because I didn't like having the stickiness on my hands as a shortstop. Exactly. And it's one of those that like at a certain point I get, yeah, you're going to wear sunscreen, yeah. whatever. That's fine. No, I get what you're but saying I, though. Like on the hat, you can't put sunscreen yeah. on the hat. No. And Oh, I wipe my, I wipe my hand after to just get it off my hand. No, like, like, if that's true, wipe, you can wipe anywhere on your hat. You can wipe on your jersey. I don't care. If you're wiping yeah. the same spot, then I know you're wrong. Like, don't yeah, give me and, that crap. And it's, and it's one of those, like, all of a sudden, pitchers are now going to have 3.5 ERAs instead of these 2.25. And it's going to be like... Except for well, Jacob deGrom, who clearly hasn't been using anything because nothing's changed. He's just a beast. Like, he's just stupid just, good. But, but I, I, like, it's just one of those... Enough. Like, I get it. Use rosin, use sweat. It works. It's worked for years. Just do it. Like, stop trying to bring in these other aspects. You know, sunscreen. Oh, I'm just wearing something. No, you're not. You're, you're trying to. You're trying to no, cheat no. the system. Unless you are pasty like me, you're not wearing sunscreen. <laughs> you're just trying to cheat the system. That's that's the thing that I don't get. Like, Glasnow had no problem calling himself out and saying that he used it. Yeah. Is it wrong of me to say that the MLB should suspend him? I mean, they should because he outed himself for cheating. It's it's the same thing we talked about before. The MLB one, I don't think, has the balls to do anything. Like, like they let Houston off with a slap on the wrist. Like, let's let's also make the point that if a pitcher gets caught cheating now, they're going to be suspended more than any player that cheated that entire playoff run for the Astros. Yep. Yeah. Huh? 
the, the MLB dropped the ball. They, they had a, as I said, I think it was last week when I said it, was they had they had an opportunity to set a precedent yeah. and say, hey, we're not going to take this anymore. We don't care what you do. If you get caught cheating, you're going to get suspended. You're going to get fined. You're going to get everything. You know, they didn't do that. They just they, no no players were suspended yet. When, well, no, that that whole no. I'm saying for the the Astros. Oh, you mean? Oh, sorry, sorry. Yep. Okay. The Astros. Sorry. So, like, no players were suspended. The manager and ex, I guess he was an ex player at that point in, in Bench Beltron. Coach. Bench coach. Yeah. So it was just one of those. We're only suspended for a year, by the way. Yeah, they had, they had, they had, they had an opportunity. They dropped the ball, and now this stuff comes out because everybody else knows. Hey, I can get away with it. I'll miss five to ten games, whatever. I'll come back and keep using it. They're not going to do anything. Yeah, you're missing. But as a pitcher, you're missing two starts. Sure. And at one day, but, at one point, it wasn't even ten games. Yeah. The, the official thing was ten days. Yeah. Which is one start for a pitcher because there's no way you're playing ten straight days. No, and, and the other the other thing is it's one of those. Um, the new rule is that you can't replace the pitcher on the roster, which I think is good because it handicaps the teams and basically says the teams don't do it. Right. Um, but at the same point, it's one of those. Think they really care? No. If if their if their pitcher is giving up one earned run a game, they'll take a chance of, of getting caught. I guess. It's just frustrating. Like, the league needs to do something. And I get that. And I think that we can jump to the next topic here. But, like, I completely understand that it is an injury concern. Because since we talked last Saturday, Kyle, Mm -hmm. I decided to go into the MLB's IL list. Since we talked last Saturday, 54 pitchers have gone to the IL with arm or shoulder injuries Mm -hmm. 54 that's almost eight a day so obviously it is affecting it but i kind of think it's the pitcher's fault for using the sticky stuff in the first place to become their norm yep and now they have to go cold turkey and it's causing problems because they're trying to overgrip. well listen like if you didn't use the sticky stuff in the first place Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be in this problem where you have to find a new norm. Like 100%. I just, I I don't know. Maybe I'm just I'm a goody two shoes. We both know this, right? It's always been that way. I didn't like taking penalties in hockey, so I would never have cheated. I didn't even like putting pine tar on my bat. I think you did it one time, and I lost my shit because I it gripped funny after. Mm-hmm. Why would you do something that you know is wrong that might come back to bite you later in your career and now it's coming back to bite you and they're blaming the league? Like what how does that make sense? And is this going to be a trend for players are just going pitchers are just going to keep getting injured because the MLB is cracking down? I mean, the big the biggest thing and I kind of agree with it. I kind of the the MLB has had this rule in place with the MLBPA that they can crack down on all this stuff for years. And it's, it's, it's part of the collecting bargaining bargaining agreement, but they've never enforced it in basically the history of the MLB. And I get that, and, but it's still in the rule. And I know I'm a goody. Oh, sure. I'm, I'm, I don't like going against the rules, 
but it's in the rule book. No, hundred percent. And, and and I think the biggest thing is the MLB. I don't like my biggest thing is you can't change it mid season. I, I get it as, as, as a technically you know, they're not for, though. What? No, this isn't, this isn't a new rule. No, but, but the suspensions they're, are, they're, they're enforcing it mid season. And all of a sudden oh, now, but it should like, have been enforced, I guess. Like it's, sure, it's the sure. same rule though. So it's not like if they were adding a new rule in, then yeah, I get what you're saying. Like you can't do that yeah. mid season. That goes against everything in the collective bargaining agreement. But it's not a new rule. They're just enforcing it differently because they're realizing that so many people are breaking the rule and they need to enforce it differently. Yeah, and and honestly, I think this has this comes nothing. It comes down to nothing but the MLB is upset with how bad hitters are hitting and how little home runs are are happening comparatively, right? Because the 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 pitchers are dominating this year, and it's been the year of the pitcher, and there's no question about that. Um, right. It, it, the, the biggest thing is, you know, what is it, seven no hitters now or something like that? Six or seven, yeah. Wade Miley was working on another one through seven innings until. And I mean, t- technically, you had another run. one for Bumgarner who had the seven in the seven inning game. Yeah. Right. And, like and if it's you want to count that. Sure. And it's one of those, it, it's just adding up to it's the year of the pitcher and it's it's that kind of stuff. And yes, because they're using this this added bonus. But if, if the MLB was so worried about pitchers being that much better, why take away the juice balls? That, that, that's, that's my biggest thing. Is I, the MLB is like backtracking now. They're like, oh, my God, no, no, no. We wanted, we wanted more even. We didn't want pitching to be dominated. Now we wanted hitting and pitching to be on the same level and like even it out because it was a hitters, it was a hitters league the last three, four, five years, whatever, because you know, guys were hitting 30, 40 bombs a year on the regular guys that were hitting like 10 before we're now hitting 15 to 20. And it's one of those now we'll be like, all right, we'll get rid of the juice balls then. But now the pitchers are like, well, why don't we use some, some other stuff in, in our, uh, that we can kind of get away with because we know the MLB is not going to do anything about it. Right. They've had this rule in place and never enforced it for how many years, right? 50 it's, not as if, it's not as if this is a new thing. People no, have been using- I love that pitchers have been coming out from like the 60s and 70s saying, oh yeah, I used to do this. Who was the famous spitballer? Um, who just, uh, he just came out and I... I can't. I, I know Goose Gossett used to do this to spitball. I know that. Yeah, no, there was another guy. He just he just came out this week and said, oh yeah, I was terrified of getting caught, but I was still going to do it. Oh, it, the biggest thing is until you get caught, nobody cares. Like... No, nobody's going to say anything. So, I mean, I get it, but don't get it at the same time. And, oh, and pitchers, I think, was, are, I think it was Gaylord Perry. Oh, okay. Um, pitchers are just going to have to change. And like, if it if it's a matter of that they go to the IL so they can work on their pitching like mechanics again, which they might have to, you know, so be it. But it's one of those. But you know what? Cracking here's, down here's my and, thing. Okay. They're all concerned about keeping the same velocity and all that. Yeah. Great. Here's what you do. If you need to work on it, drop your velocity. Don't throw as hard and see if hitters can figure out how to hit you after that. Cause they are scouting you. They are scouting the 96 mile per hour fastball with the, the 88 mile per hour slider and the 80 mile per hour curve. Drop Mm -hmm. everything five, five miles per hour. 
See if they can figure out how to hit it, because they're scouting one thing, and then you come up there throwing five miles per hour slower, they'll be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, <laughs> that's the way pit. That's the way batters are nowadays. Oh, 100%. It's one of those, like, pitchers got to figure out something different. That's the biggest thing, man, because if they get caught with this and they're suspended, it's, it, it's just going to be constant either injuries or suspensions. I don't think there's any – a way out of this for the MLB and for pitchers without one of the one of the two. Yeah. It's either they continue it and it gets suspended, or they stop it and risk injury based on how they're throwing the taking. So yeah, I I still think it's ridiculous that Glasnow made those comments. Are they all wrong? No, like I'm not saying his comments themselves were wrong, but outing yourself like that, it's not I mean, a good look. No, he's a moron for outing himself. That's it's the not thing. a good look. Um, all right, Kyle, it's, it's that time. Final thoughts of the week. Start us off, my friend. Final thoughts, final thoughts. Um, honestly, uh, this is hard to say. Um, Montreal Canadians are playing well. Um, and look right now like a legitimate threat for a Stanley Cup. I've known Kyle forever, folks. This is like eating him inside to say this right now. <laughs> His facial expression does not do it justice. If Flurry keeps, sorry for lack of words, fucking up, um, the Canadians are going to move on. It's it's simple as that. And I think I don't think it's Flurry. I think if Price keeps playing the way Price has been playing. Well, no, but the only reason Montreal—the only reason Montreal didn't lose that game last last night—is because Flurry. No, tried I know, to- I know, I understand that. But Vegas played pretty much the perfect game in that game, and I'll oh, debate 100%. right. Like they had thirty shots through two periods, and Montreal had eight. Yeah. So I think they played a great game, and they deserve to win that game. But Montreal was kept in that game because of Price. And everyone, oh, by no, the way, no, can I ask you this question? I'm this is a serious question because I was really yeah. confused on Twitter. Everyone was blaming Price and saying that that second goal from Pietrangelo was a bad goal. I thought that was a great shot. Oh, 100%. Like, wh- how is that his fault? It was first put off, right above the pad in a on the blocker side. What is he supposed to do? First off, anybody who's complaining about Price letting in a goal, go away. Go shake your head. Have you have you seen he's kept them in Every series, no matter what, he's stolen them games where they did not deserve to win the game. Yeah. If he lets in a goal like that, shut up. He's allowed to do that. He's human. It was a good goal. (laughs) He's human. If you get beat under the arm, that's uh, that's just a good shot. Sorry. Like, did you see like the fourteen breakaways you stopped before that? That could have been. Literally a seven-one, seven-one game, right at that point. That's my point, though. I'm like, how is that a bad goal? Like, it was a great shot just above the pad on the blocker side. What are you supposed to do? Without Price, Montreal doesn't make it out of the first round. Uh, Simply, they, they might just because Toronto did not no. want to win that series. No. Price, Price literally stood on his head. I know, but Toronto didn't look like they wanted to win that series either, so they might make it out of the first round. Yeah, even then, like. They don't make it past Winnipeg. They no, don't make it past That's the biggest thing. It's like, without Price, Montreal's nothing. And right now, Price is playing Vesna. Give him every trophy you can right now, basically. He's playoff Price, and this is what they needed to do for them yeah. to go on a long playoff run. And, and you know, the young guys are stepping up, and Cole I hate to say so it, but good. I hate to say it, but Montreal looks good. So, 
if Price keeps playing like this, Montreal is now my favorite to win the cup. Yeah. I and that's mean, sickening to say. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will never hear the end of it with everybody who's a Montreal fan. And I, I don't want to deal with that. So Vegas, please step your game up. See, and figure here's, shit out. here's the one thing though. I kind of want them to win just so Justin has to hear it from his dad. Yeah, but <laughs> just but I want that for like a day, and then I'm done with it. We're good. Yeah, you'll hear it for years until the Leafs do anything. That's the biggest thing, and I don't want to hear that. Like I don't want to deal with that. I know, but and that's what I'm saying. Like I want to hear it for like a day from Justin's dad, just to really dig it into him. But after that, I'm good. I don't want to hear it anymore. Well, and I was saying this to my dad. I said, to me, Vegas is the only team. Vegas, maybe Tampa. If they win, I don't care. It doesn't affect me. If the Islanders win, God, I don't want to deal with Islanders fans. You know, Do we know any? what? No, as a Leafs fan, it's it's one of those they already rag us that oh no, we go further than the playoffs without Tavares than we did with him. Oh, okay, and, sure, I got you. And then Montreal winning would just be like, just give me COVID, and at that point, we'll, we'll go that. from there. But don't don't say that. Um, it's just, dude, you've had enough yeah. medical things. Let's not add that in. I mean, at this point, it's probably easier to deal with than Montreal winning the cup. So, well, uh... with that, <laughs> I'm going to go goaltending on another level. And man, this was the week of goalie gaffes. We already talked about Flurry. Can we talk about the Haiti goalie? Yeah. <laughs> Holy moly, that was awful. Now, are you ready for this, Kyle? Yep. I got a question for you. It's a trivia question. Yeah. What does Mark Andre Flurry? And the goalie from Haiti have in common, other Both than the gaff, huh? Both Canadian. Yeah, a little bit more than that. Don't. Both born in Quebec. Oh, nice. <laughs> so it's one of those weird things, but hey, huge shout out to Canadian soccer. They are through to the hex plus two, the octagon, whatever you want to call it. Eight. The elite eight. I know, but it was the hex for the longest yeah. time. That was that was the final stage of qualifying, but it's eight teams now, so it's the hex yeah. plus two. The conquer cap eight. They're so calling me the octo, I think, but I like the hex plus two. It just <laughs> yeah. keep it simple. Um, but yeah, like, I'm fully loving the fact that they are winning games and going through because this is awesome. And I am excited to see how far this team can go. Honestly, like, I mean, looking looking at those eight teams, they have a real shot at probably three or four positions. Is what I'm yeah. saying. So the top three get automatic bids to the World Cup. Yep. And the fourth place team has to play a intercontinental playoff mm-hmm. against. I think it's the Oceania second place team. So like Australia, so, New Zealand, New Zealand probably. Um, I think I could be wrong on that. Don't don't quote I'm, me I'm, on I'm that. I'm assuming often. I'm assuming Australia would end up being number one in that area, but we'll see. You'd think, but um, stranger things but have even, happened. Even then, like like Canada played well against U.S. Canada's well. Here's done. the here's the big thing for me is that the first game against Mexico, which was in no Mexico fans. originally, will now be with no fans. Mm-hmm. That's huge. That's a game changer because that Mexican fan base is 
big for them. Especially in Mexico. Too. Yeah, that's what I mean, right? Like, and now that it has to be played behind closed doors. Now that gives new, Canada a neutral, real neutral boost. site. It's a neutral site, basically. Yeah, that gives Canada a real boost, especially because we've been playing a lot more games. Like Mexico has mm-hmm. not played as many games as we have recently. Yep. So this team is coming together. It's going to be interesting. I know they don't play until September, but still. But it's one of those. I mean, they have a real shot, and this is their first real shot since. What is it? Eighty-four or something like that. Eighty, eighty-something. When was it? Something like that. Canada but, World mean, Cup. Uh, that was a bad idea. Oh, eighty-six. Eighty-six. Okay. 86. I knew it was eighty-something. But been a one I mean, World Cup. Yeah, it's it's been a long time coming, but this is their best team in my lifetime, at least. But. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, they the last time shot. we even were, like, competitive was, like, 2000 when we won the Gold Cup back then. Yeah. And even then, that team was not supposed to win the Gold Cup. No. So. No, not really. It's a different team. It's a different era, and it's a good one. So, uh, we Absolutely. are looking forward to it. That'll do it for us here at Garage Door Sports. Um, if you are looking to follow us, make sure you check us out on Twitter, at Garage Door Sport, and on Instagram, at Garage Door Sports. If you're looking for me, it's at Nick McVicker. If you're looking for Kyle, it's at Kyle Vardy. Don't forget about Irfan. He couldn't make it today because he's got, you know, actual school to do. We do not. Nope. So he he needed the weekend to try to get everything sorted out. But he will be back next week. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to look follow him on Twitter during the Euros, it's very entertaining. Uh, at Irfan Manji. Don't forget Touchline Thoughts as well t touchline th on twitter and instagram because they've been doing some great content for the euros um mm-hmm. don't forget to follow all the other shows at uh, the betting house pod um at 20 minutes on ice and our football and basketball shows will be coming back soon hopefully we're trying to get those back up and running it's kind of hard when there's no football but we're gonna try yeah. cfl's coming so <laughs> we're working on it we'll figure um, something out yeah Make sure you follow us. We will be back next week to talk more sports. Until then, folks, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.